Lesnar, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. Our guests will include veteran film and TV Western actor Don Collier and radio host, documentary filmmaker, and pioneer TV casting director Susan McRae. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, we will close out this week's program by continuing the conversation that began in our first hour with three-time Emmy-nominated writer-producer Phil Savinick. After spending 35 years working in television, including creating and producing some of the most highly regarded documentary series and documentary specials about the history of television. Phil put together a museum dedicated to television, which is based in the living room of his home here in Los Angeles. That includes many artifacts from the golden age of television, including the fickle finger of fate from Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, the hat that Mary Tyler Moore wore, during the famous opening sequence of the Mary Tyler Moore show, the Emmy that Jacqueline Kennedy won for hosting the tour of the White House in 1962, and the most impressive collection of early vintage TV sets that you will ever see. We had a chance to visit Phil Savinick's Living Room Museum back in January 2020 before the national lockdown. Phil is going to bring you a tour of the museum right now. TheHistoryOfTV.com is the website, and on it we have all kinds of stories and pictures and videos and artifacts and pretty much all the stuff that TV lovers would love to find and have a place to go and see. Chronology of the invention of television, and of course, we are the biggest proponents of trying to honor Philo Farnsworth as the inventor of television. Philo Farnsworth, the, the most famous man you probably haven't heard of. That's exactly right. And on our website, we even have a film called The Most Famous Man You Never Heard Of because he, it is the most fascinating story about a 14-year-old farm boy plowing a field. He had read some science fiction magazines that talked about sending pictures through the air. How would you do that? And suddenly he came up with this vision. If I could train an electron to do what my horse does and go from one side to the other, I could scan an image. And there he invents the electronic scanner. Now, he hadn't been to high school yet. He goes to school the next year. His teacher says, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I'll, I'll loan you some books. I'll help you however I can. And he draws the first drawing of a television camera. And as you can see here, there's the first. This is the actual first camera made by Philo Farnsworth in San Francisco. And here was the drawing made by the 14-year-old. Basically, it's a jar. Here, I can take the lid off for you. Okay, let's help your photo. So since the plow itself is in Canada, here I made a little clay sculpture of what Philo Farnsworth looked like on his harrow. Okay, so this block... This is the drawing made by the 15-year-old. There would be a, a, a regular camera lens, and it would focus on an optical plate. He would create a vacuum chamber with electromagnets, and that would draw the image across one line at a time onto the electronic plate, and then he would stream it one electron at a time to a distant location, and then reconstruct it. Now this looks like this white and black thing that we're um, it was image. On a chalkboard. Okay, that's what I was looking at. It looks like a chalk image. He drew it on the chalkboard he drew it for on... his teacher. Okay, and... and that is the earliest image of a TV camera. Five, six years later, he just has to figure out a way to invent what was in his head. It's a jar. There's the lens. There's the vacuum chamber. 
It's exactly what he thought. Now, now did now, his... That, did, some stickers on the front of his logbook. Okay. The stickers are the trial against Swarakin. Swarakin against Farnsworth. This is his proof that he's invented television. All of these images, including Farnsworth's first drawing of the first television camera, which he made when he was 14 years old, all of these images are available for you to see at thehistoryoftv.com. Okay, so the teacher had the, the, the chalk image, or did he... Teacher, he, uh, he drew the, the image of his first idea for a television camera on a little piece of notebook paper. Yes, okay, I got it. The and, teacher saved it. And that's what he saved, okay. When the patent trials began, the patent, they weren't really trials, patent hearings began. Yeah. And they took depositions from all the people who might know. They found his high school teacher. Teacher said, I have the drawing. Not only did, could a 21-year-old invent television, he was only 15, and RCA loses the case. But the amazing thing is that the myth that RCA and Vladimir Zworkin and the, and, the, and the television didn't really come to be until the 1939 World's Fair, that perpetuated because RCA had the media publicity and the publicity power. machine. Yeah. Now, this is actually one of the first TVs RCA had at the World's Fair. They had about 300 of them. Uh, this was the booklet for the world of television at the World's Fair. They mentioned the invention of television. They mentioned a lot of people who predated uh, Farnsworth, but he is not mentioned. Basically, just left out of the equation. Now, this the, this this council we're looking at, it's I mean, it's the the screen is flat. Now, does now did the screen well, pop the, up or can it be propped up? The story is that the tube that RCA came up with was so big it wouldn't sit against the wall, so they had to face it upward, and you had to watch it in a mirror. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's really a big radio. Yes, I, I was I was going to say a big a, a big radio or a big. Um, if, if they were a record player, because my, my folks yeah. had something like this, nothing as gaudy looking as this, but, uh, but, but it, would, it would double, those old consoles would double both as a TV and a record player. Well, this one was a giant radio, because radio was the, really the media of the time. Right. Now, RCA introduces this television. Uh, Farnsworth has invented it. In 1935, he wins the patent case. Mm -hmm. In 38, they decide they'll pay him a royalty. Then they manufacture their system using his system, using his electronics, and it's a flop. The sets are so expensive, nobody can afford them, and there's nothing on TV. They only broadcast a couple hours a night, a couple nights right. a week. So it's like spending thousands of dollars, and there's nothing you can watch. So RCA, actually, TV's a flop at the World's Fair. World's Fair even closes early because of World War II. The government closes all TV production. So basically, for the duration of the war, Farnsworth invents military projects, radars, sonar, night vision, all these other things. There is no television. When television, when the war finally ends, his patents from the 20s are expiring. Wow. He gets nothing. Yeah. So Zworkin, RCA, and the publicity machine claim they, they invented it. They squeeze him out in the courts. The war robs him of his royalties. And then when it comes back, RCA during the war has been buying furniture factories, and Farnsworth is still working on improving his picture. They're ready to go into business, and they just bury him. Now, th that would probably account for why Dumont gets credit for creating the cathode picture ray when, in fact, Philo Farnsworth did that. Farnsworth 
Well, first of all, he was not, uh, uh, he was a humble man. Mm -hmm. So he didn't brag a lot about himself. He felt history would take care of that. Right. The other thing was every time he opened his mouth, certainly at a public event, RCA had a spy in the audience writing down what he said, (laughs) and they would patent the same thing he was patenting. So that would mean he'd have to go into court to defend his patents. It would cost him time and money. So he didn't speak much because he knew every time he spoke, it was another court case. They just squeezed him and squeezed him. But I would not leave you without a happy ending. And we're working on a mini-series now for 2027, the 100th anniversary of television, to honor Phil Farnsworth. Excellent. But here's our happy ending. All right. Phil Farnsworth gets his idea stolen from him. Mm -hmm. He goes home. He starts to drink. He's depressed. He's penniless. He's heartbroken. It's not a happy story. And then on July 20th, 1969, he won't even turn on the TV. He won't even let his kids watch TV. This is a great story, folks. His wife says... Can we turn it on? And begrudgingly, he says, okay, you can turn the damn thing on. And they turn on the television, and the first thing they see, it says live television pictures from the moon. And she turns to him and she says, so Phil, was it all worthwhile? (laughs) And he looks at her, and he looks at her, and he says, you know, I think so. But up to this moment, I wasn't so sure. So in the end, it depends how you keep score. Yeah. Did he make a fortune or did he change the world? Well, I would think as the scientist, by the time he died, I'm sure he, you know, he was satisfied with the knowledge that he had changed the world. And that his, the, the device, I mean, he, he really saw television as this great connector. He really saw the potential for television beyond just transmitting entertainment pictures and stuff like that. So on July 20th, 1969, that first aha moment, I mean, when he, when he died many years later, he lived with the knowledge that it was worth it. He died shortly after. Yeah. So it was really his crowning moment. The great irony is, in 1935, he demonstrates television to the public at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. And people are transfixed. They won't leave. How do we, how do we get people to go home? He tells them, take a camera up to the roof and shoot the moon. So he's the first person to photograph the moon from the Earth. And then they use his camera to photograph the Earth from the moon. So there's this wonderful symmetry of... Yeah, full circle, very much so. So that's why we're we're dedicated to telling the story of Philo Farnsworth, the most famous man you never heard of. His, uh, His biography, the video and a virtual tour of the exhibit we have at the MZ TV Museum in Toronto is all on our website, thehistoryoftv.com. And if you go there, we have photographs, we have videos, we have stories, uh, we have interviews. There's, uh, and then there's a whole section there that has our favorite commercials and TV commercials about TV. Uh, I know during my career, I did the first promo for the Sony Betamax. Not only how it, you use it if you're a consumer, but how you sell it if you're a dealer. And we put those up on there. So it's really about the history of TV as a, TV as a medium, more so really than the programming, although we have a lot of that as well. Phil Savinick will be back next week to continue our guided tour of his living room museum at thehistoryoftv.com. We'll also learn about some of the many artifacts from the golden age of television that Phil has on display, including the fickle finger of fate and an autographed cigar butt from none other than Milton Bro. That is all coming up next week on TV Confidential. Take a quick time out. We'll be back with more 
right after this. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Connie Stevens. Don Wells. Eric Braden. Tony Camille. Anson Williams. Don Most. Troy Finnis. Peter Marshall. Sherry Alberoni. George Slaughter. Dan Castellaneta. Taylor Hicks. Lindsay Wagner. Loretta Swift. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Become a TV Confidential Competent and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com slash join. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Grasshopper, the virtual phone system designed for entrepreneurs. Go to trygrasshopper.com forward slash TV Confidential, trygrasshopper.com forward slash TV Confidential, and save $50 on your order. Hi, this is Constance Towers, and welcome to TV Confidential. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is sponsored by Uber. Enter the promo code TV Confidential, all one word, when you download the app at get.uber.com slash go slash TV Confidential, and you'll receive a free first ride up to $20. Be part of our conversation. If you have thoughts on what you've heard tonight, whether you agree or disagree, we want to hear from you. Send us an email, talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net, and we'll work your comments into our next program. A reminder that Turnover is available for viewing on demand for free on Amazon Prime for those who have Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can rent Turnover for $2.99. More information, turnovermovie.com, facebook.com forward slash turnover.themovie. For more information on Phil Savinick, philsavinick.com, S-A-V-E-N-I-C-K, philsavinick.com. Or thehistoryoftv.com. That'll do it for our program this week, folks. Ed Robertson, Beth Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grace, and Greg Airbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, 
or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.